Oh, cool. she runs that other. She runs that podcast network. Yeah. Oh yeah. But she used to do ad tech sales. Oh. <laughs> so yeah. she's familiar with uh, how things work. So it, so so in my previous life, I stayed in Duncanville, uh, Louisville. Uh, what like oh oh three oh oh three oh four oh five. Okay. Yeah. I taught in Louisville, but it wasn't until 0809. Got it. Okay. Are you working over there? We still don't have audio. We don't. We don't hear still. Well, if you if you've hopped in already, we uh, we, we, like always, we've started chatting before our countdown. We are also troubleshooting some tech issues with Bradford, but <laughs> if we want to kick our countdown going, maybe we will have Bradford by the end of it. All right, I'll hit the countdown. there on Twitter getting ready to retweet you with, uh, with the thumb I heard the music stop. Welcome everybody to tonight's uh, eSports EDU broadcast. I am in the presenter's chair today. If you aren't familiar with me, I am Carrie Linden. I go by the Chalk Muju on Twitter. I am the communication specialist for Liminal eSports and Snowbrite Studio and I run our K-12 eSports news website. Danielle. I'm Danielle Johnson. I'm a middle school teacher in Dallas, Texas. And I am also the director of, excuse me, the director of the Texas Scholastic Esports Federation. I love that this deep into it, we never know. We still don't know who we are. Oh, we totally lost Bradford. Uh, Christopher, yeah. would you like to introduce yourself? For sure. Uh, Christopher Turner, our general manager and head esports coach for Southern University and Southern University Lab School. Uh, it's a host of other titles, but I do not want to get into that tonight. <laughs> and uh, I'm James O'Hagan. I am the director of digital and virtual learning, the host of the Academy of Esports podcast. I've been taking a little hiatus. I just needed to take a. It's been a few weeks since I put up an episode, but you know, sometimes you just need that mental break. So not that's like what I'm, I do. Not like I'm waiting to steal your content and and, and publish it or anything. Yeah. No, thanks for stealing mine. You're welcome. <laughs> <laughs> Anytime you got anything for me, just throw it my way. Uh, and we're missing we're missing Bradford. Hopefully we'll hopefully we'll get him back. Yeah. I haven't I haven't been watching chat to see if he's in here or messaging any of us. Um so was it two weeks ago? It was actually Christopher, you posted on Twitter a comment about HBCUs in the esports space and I know you and Bradford were having an exchange, you called a lot of people in to sort of have the conversation. 
It sure. struck me because I had two weeks prior, I had just done a deep dive to try and find HBCUs and women's colleges that were actively mm. participating in esports. And it was hard. Um, like, it was challenging. Uh, I definitely found more HBCUs than women's mm. colleges, but I was definitely alarmed by the lack of participation that I was noticing. Like, you couldn't do an easy search and have a lot of universities pop up. It was like, here's a handful, and that was sort of it. So as soon sure. as you popped up and started talking about it, I was like, okay, we have to talk about this because clearly, you know, this is something that a lot of people are seeing. Um, but I know it feels like there's rumblings and things are changing. Um, mm. But I, 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 but not fast enough, and maybe that change isn't yeah. big enough. So I think it's a good conversation for us to have. Well, yeah. I think. For, well, first thing we got to say this too: HBCUs. For those who don't know, historically oh. black colleges oh, and yeah, universities. Please. Yes. Yeah. So we're talking about schools like Southern, Florida A&M, uh, Grambling. Let's see if I can name off a bunch of them. Grambling. I think Georgia State, maybe. Uh, I always I'm know Florida sure A&M because the marching band. Uh, Prairie yeah. View A&M. So, yeah. Texas Southern. Texas Southern. Yeah. Yeah. Southern. Yeah. Oh, Paul Quinn. Um, Paul Quinn's in Texas, yeah. Yeah, it's in Dallas. My uh, yeah. father-in-law used to be a professor there. That's awesome. Yeah. That's awesome. Yeah, um, uh, Jackson State. It's it's a it's a bunch. It's it's a lot. But you Howard. know, yeah, yeah, Howard. You know, um, Morehouse. You can go on, but I think culturally we have to start somewhere. Like start at, at the at the foundation of where the problem started. So like culturally, as an African American, I wish I wish Brad was on, but um, the the price point of PCs are so high that a lot of African-Americans and minorities um, yep. can't afford PCs. And so it led that that particular part of the culture to council play. And so when eSports came about, you know, um, we didn't have access to those PC games. Right. And so I, I might be, you know, preaching to the choir here, but, you know, maybe you have some listeners that really don't understand how far behind, you know, African-Americans and HBCUs are when it comes down to the tech space. Um, HBCUs are normally underfunded. We don't get as much funding as uh, PWIs. Um, PWIs? What's that yeah, mean? Primary white institutions. Okay. Yep. All right. Um, and so, you know, it's, it's a gap. It's a technology gap. It's a cultural gap. And it's a financial gap. And so... Uh, those are the three components to pretty much, you know, uh, that rally up my rally up my comment. Uh, mm -hmm. Our question, I forgot what it was, but, you know, it's hard for me to be a, a forerunner in the space. And not to say I don't have any counterparts in the HBU's uh, space, but it's just harder for us to catch up. You know, you have collegiate institutions and programs out here that are on phase two and three of the programs and going into mm -hmm. curriculum and you know they're they're on full blast and not to say that it's uh that it's every college but it's 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 more than the hbcus have for sure well and the other thing you have in where you are you're in uh baton rouge yeah so you've got not just the competition of of you know other schools 
I mean, you've got LSU right there in sure. town with you. Sure. You know, I think of some of these others, you know, where Howard is, you've got Georgetown right there or George Mason. Uh, you go to you go to Atlanta, you've got, you know, Georgia Tech is right there, but you've got, I think Spellman's the co- – is it Sp- – uh, what's with – not Spellman. That's, is it Spellman? Spell, Spell, yeah. And you, you so, know what I mean? You have that that, but you know, at the same at the same point, James, like LSU has a probably a five thousand person Discord that's um that's for their esports, right? Mm-hmm. But it's a it's a student a student nonprofit. Mm-hmm. LSU doesn't even back it. Mm-hmm. And they, they got five thousand. Yeah, like over the last eight years. Mm-hmm. And it's it's a it's a student nonprofit that was started by students, and they're going into that eighth year of transition, and so they operate fully. The only money that LSU has put into that program is a travel fee that came out of athletics for their rocket league team to go to New York to compete one time, and that was like mm-hmm. two years ago. Yeah. So that's another culture problem too. Well, and when we think about too with. Um you know, the, the one of the things that's great about esports is yes, the cost of PCs are high. And when you say cost of PCs are high, you're saying that for a family to purchase. Sure, sure. But you know, the the thing that has always been so difficult with uh, I've noticed in the past with HBCUs is that they couldn't compete against Division One schools like the Ohio States, the Texases, the Michigans. Yeah. You know. You, when you see them play those schools, they're playing them at the start of the season as like a as a non conference invitee. Mm-hmm. You know, they're getting paid to go up get there a check. and do that. Yeah, they get a check. This is something that if you get it set up right, isn't just you can compete against those schools at the same level, but now you're able to also, like I said, rethink of your institution in in different ways around research and education as on the whole. For sure. I think- I think an important thing for us to consider is if we're talking about allowing these schools to compete at the same level, we need to go farther down the line and we need to be looking at financially supporting high schools so that the high schools that feed into the HBCUs also have adequate esports programs. Um, And I think one of the things that, I mean, at least we notice in California is there is a huge technology disparity anytime you're looking at a school that isn't majority white. Um, mm-hmm. You know, you you go to whole areas that have connectivity problems with internet. They're running, you know, 15, 10 year old computers. Like if they even have computers, there's there's huge issues with underfunding. Mm-hmm. Um, so we're going to have to address not only at a collegiate level, but I think we there's work that we have to do in the K twelve mm-hmm. level as well. Mm-hmm. And I, I definitely agree. Um, and and how I'm looking at my program, you know, and I hope some other HBCUs see this. Like, you know, I want I want my hub or my land mass on my campus not to only be for students, but to be like a community hub for those high schools and middle schools that don't have access. Right, right. You know, so that's all about programming too. But we, we have to get support to uh to even build that land mass, you know, and then then too, uh a lot of presidents, chancellors, um and I have to shout out Chancellor Pierre at Southern University's Law Center. For, for being my champion and, and the whole staff at the Law Center um, for, for understanding what esports is and the whole ecosystem of it, because they've really been supportive of what I've been trying to do. 
but you have a lot of chancellors and presidents and vice presidents within the HBCU space that are like, you know, 60s, mm-hmm. you know, late 50s. They don't understand what gang is culturally in the African American community. We were told to get off the game. It's, it's not important. Go outside, do something productive, get in the books, do, do that. And like the conversation has to be had within that circle of, of gatekeepers or decision makers. Yeah. to even start the ball, ball rolling within the within the schools itself. And not to say that you don't have some HBCU programs that are up and running, but they're not up and running to the tier that I see other collegiate programs running on. Well, you've been hustling for, let's we'll see what you're on, year three now? Year with, three. But you started with, with, your program started in the K-12 space, didn't it? Sure, yeah. Yeah, yeah it did. But, but the school was still associated to Southern. Yeah, and so you know, let me let me break that down. I've, I've broken down on, on James's podcast before. So Southern University is the only HBCU in the country that has a system. We have our own board uh, that answers to the board of regents in Louisiana. And so we have uh, the Baton Rouge landmass, which is Southern University Laboratory School, the pre K through twelfth grade. We have undergrad. We have Southern University Law. And we have uh, Southern University Agriculture on that landmass. Then we have SUNO, which is Southern University of New Orleans. That's another four-year institution that's that's under the system. And then we have SUSLA, Southern University Shreveport, which is a two-year college. And so, uh, hopefully, we can get you know esports rooms on all three campuses and service the whole state and and hopefully some of the regional area too. Because, uh, like I said, I'm really looking at servicing those high schools and middle schools like Carrie said. Mm. By the way, Bradford, you're you're back. Are you functioning okay? You're still muted. Uh-oh. Yeah, but but it looks like you're muted on Yeah, you might, there we go. There yeah. you go. Well, I'm actually just getting off of this a long super long week of just getting things done and closing <laughs> I'm closing a chapter out of my, let's call it a 20-year life with these two people that you see right here. So oh, over your shoulder? Over my shoulder. Yeah. So that's why I had them up. So if I'm running around all over the place, that's why. Um, but everything that... Hi, everybody. I'm Bradford. But um, everything that um, uh, Christopher is, say, is saying is very true. But um, everything, just to narrow, narrow down for me personally, everything I do is for the two children that you see on the screen up, up here. They're not children anymore. They're actually young men, young black men and women officially. Hmm. And so, which is the moment that this that young man walked across the stage my whole life literally just changed my whole mm. attitude and perspective of what i'm doing for my community not that it hadn't before but the minute he got that paper and he's and he's officially a, uh, a graduate and he's walking into the world my whole perspective on what i'm doing for the people in my community just ultimately just changed right off the bat and um, and Danielle knows this because Danielle knows I went into a huge paragraph text <laughs> to her the other day, uh, the other day. But 
Um, there was more than Chris, one. It was more than <laughs> one. And, Chris, and, and Christopher knows, knows this too because we've had several conversations about the importance of us being in this space as uh, men and women of color and how this is truly needed. And yeah. not only uh, are people of color not understanding what this means, but others outside understanding what this means. And on my side of it, I, I am implementing and piling things as well as tech with TechSup as well. But um, I even tweeted out the fact that, I don't know, this is a tweet that I did earlier this week that there are just four of us, uh, young black men who are trying to push even more esports into uh, our district, which I mean, I don't want to say that it's unheard of, but let's be real. It is unheard of that they, sure. that they want to take this this helm and be in this space. And they're asking me, well, Bradford, we want more. How can we compete? How can we do this? How can we be in UIL? How can we be in this space? How can we get shirts? How can we do this? I want more. I want more. And the, my, the organization hasn't even started yet, and they're already hungry. And so I have to feed that hunger. And I have to be ready for them to be in that space and be competitive, not just with the Maddens and the NBA2Ks, but they want the Overwatches. They yeah. want, they want the um, what's the news going to play out? The Knockout City. They want to be oh, in yeah. that space. They're they're ready and they're hungry. They're talking about even anime drawings and tournaments, and they're looking for sponsorships. And so those who are listening out there. They are hungry and they want to be in that space. And I'm not just talking about just black men, men and women of color. I'm even talking about LGBTQ plus being in that space. It's very, very important. And we can't lose sight of the fact that whatever dramas we have going on on the side of who's doing what, who, why we can't do or whatever, my focus and my mission is getting people like me in this space so I can see someone, I mean, it, it sounds cliche, but I would love to see someone that looks like me, young a young man or a young woman, raise that trophy and say that I did this. And that way parents can see, see that this is possible because we're still having to fight that fight to in our own communities as to why yeah. this is very important. It's okay for your child to go and play video games and get into this industry. Yeah, but it's, I think it's like what we always say, representation matters. Mm -hmm. You know, it it really, really does. And when you look at statistics, it, it's scary how many people from like non-cis white communities are, I don't wanna say iced out of gaming, but the level of harassment and the, the level of gatekeeping that they face to get into the industry is sure. extreme. Like there, we just published uh, or just forwarded on, uh, you know, a, a survey about you know what LGBTQ LGBTQ uh, folks face in the gaming you know space, and it's it's gnarly. Then you add you know everything else on top of it. Like it's there. There are a lot of there are a lot of groups of people that are woefully underrepresented, um, and that it really needs to change. Um, and I think maybe something that would be good to talk about is like what are the things we can do because it's one thing to say like 
right now, these are the roadblocks. And I think that's really important for people to hear because a lot of times the esports edu community is just very safe in its white maleness um, and its straightness. It's like, this is what it is and it's fine. Like you have conversations of, oh, we're going to do, you know, national land tournaments and everybody's going to be able to participate. It's like, no, no, you know, select communities can participate or every game's going to be PC based. Like, well, there's whole communities that are really console driven. Well, everything's going to be an FPS. Like, well, there's a lot of communities that really like fighters or sports games. Sure. Like, we've we've got to take that narrow lens off and start looking at, you know, like what are the changes we can make to help make sure that we're servicing, to help make sure that we are all doing our part so that those students are are hungry. Because I, I would think that, like, granted. Like yeah, there's there's funding and there's tech issues, but if more and more students were coming into HBCUs hungry for esports, the universities would have to start looking for ways to accommodate. Like, it's, or do you think that's just too big of a too big of a barrier? It's too big of a barrier. That's why I said earlier, the presidents and the and the chancellors need to have a come to Jesus moment. Mm. Like like culturally, they don't understand the space. The, the children absolutely understand the space. It's the gatekeepers that don't understand on top of the culture aspects that Brad mentioned earlier that we have to fight in our own communities as far as, you know, hey, do I go and join an esports team or do I go to football practice because it's cool mm-hmm. and sit on the bench the whole time and don't don't play? So how do we how do we reach the gatekeepers? I, I think, you know, you know, I think the White House, the White House has a HBCU initiative. Uh, mm. They have a meeting coming up soon. I think that it needs to be addressed on that format. I think industry, industry-wide, you know, everybody's throwing diversity and inclusion around, but I have yet to see like a Evil Genius or a Riot or somebody like that really adopt the school like a HBCU and say, "Hey, yep. not only the technology issue." But we're gonna we're gonna we're gonna put coaches in place to help you catch up on skill sets on League of Legends, Valorant, or whatever the game is, whatever PC game it is, and make sure it's an equal playing field. Yeah. You know, and that's just one example. Like you know, it's enough companies out here and enough um, you know tournament organi- organizations and organizers that you can embed that footprint at a bunch of HBCUs and change the whole culture. That's, it needs to be a culture shift. And not not taking away the Madden and and the Street Fighter because we own those communities. But those communities are not represented, like you said. Right. I also think that one of the ways that, I mean, the teacher run in the high school and middle school leagues, um, I know in Texas, one of our main goals is to make sure that there are programs in schools Mm -hmm. that are so primarily students of color. And that would be pretty like most schools in Texas because Texas has a plurality. Um, but one of the things I sell to parents or to other people I talk to is there's not a whole lot of concussions in esports. Um, and that is important to a lot of parents um, and showing that the economic prospects from sure. it. Um, I think because a lot of times I know with 
my students and it gets less and less every single year. So when I started teaching 15 years ago, it was definitely more of a athletics gets me out of here type mentality. And right. that doesn't seem to, it hasn't carried, um, which I think is really great. It hasn't carried through Gen Z, but um, have, making sure that we are, you know, next year we're going to hire high schoolers to run a lot of our stuff. And so mm -hmm. it's not, you know, several years from now or 10 years from now, our students are going to be the ones working in the industry. It's like August, September. Yeah, yeah. It's our students mm -hmm. that are going to be mm -hmm. the ones with jobs in the industry. And I mean, even some of the students that I know work for some professional organizations. Sure. Um, sure. And so the more we can get these programs into schools mm -hmm. um, that serve underrepresented groups. Um, well, the more, well, the more I, we can change it, like as those kids grow up, because it's not going to be long before, it's not going to be 10 years before no, my students are the ones running so the industry. Fast. It's going to be like two years. Yeah. <laughs> you know, like there's a whole, like a lot of companies are hiring high schoolers and training them because there's a sure. lack of industry experience. And so everybody's mm. kind of at the same place. Yep. And mm. so the more we can get our students in, up there, um, sure. The more we can change the industry and quicker than mm -hmm. I think yeah. with other uh, pushes and other and I, initiatives. Yeah, and I, I've had calls. I'm not going to say any company names, but it's like, hmm. you know, hey, we've tried to get in the space of HBCU, um, but we didn't know how, and we don't know what the approach should be. So even even the industry leaders don't understand how to communicate or how to engage right. on that side of That's things. That's because white people like to use that as an excuse to <laughs> yep. not try. I don't yep. know how yeah. you talk. Everybody's a human. Like you yeah. literally say yep. hi and you introduce yourself and then you say, this is what we want to do. Would you like to yeah. do it with us? And yeah. that you, I don't know how is a cop out. It, it is. is. It, it is, yeah. Well, do you, it, uh, wait, 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 wait. Before we before we go on too, I mean, there's, there's already these What's, there's already these feet in the door, though. That's the thing they that are. blows my mind. Right. Different it's, a it's an excuse. Well, well no, no. Yeah. But here, like, I'm going to post the link up here that I want to share the screen because this is one where I look at this and go, here is your foot in the door right here. First of its kind program, <laughs> Howard University and Amazon Studios announced continuation of Howard Entertainment Program. There, That is something with just the slightest, you know, attention to it. That becomes now a way to, again, bring HBCUs in, uh, uh, something like this as a model, bringing HBCUs into, it doesn't have to be esports as this separate thing. You know, Tariq Moody, who's a, a local DJ here in Milwaukee and a, a fantastic community uh, presence too as well. He's a Howard grad and he speaks to these things a lot. And it, he see it, 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 it as, to your point, Chris, again, I think it's that comp, that conversation around just how do we, speak to those as you say i guess you could say we'll call them the old guard if you will yeah so that the they can guard. see these paths yeah these these things are right here in front of us and yeah. and it's it's like it's just it's it's again as danielle saying how do you have the conversation well you choose to have the conversation and to be it, quite transparent james hmm. even when you talk to them and, and i'm not i'm not trying to marginalize hbc presidents but mm. the first question is going to be how how can we make money out of that? Yeah, it's it's not it's not going to be how the students are going to be right. beneficial like it should be. Mm -hmm. 
it's how, it's how how can we drive revenue towards that like we're gonna we're gonna invest x amount of money how how we're we gonna have retention in that you and know so, go go ahead brad because because you know exactly what i'm talking about well the, the question that i want to ask you james is to where did you find that post uh i found it through linkedin because my friend Teresa. <laughs> Now, I'm going to stop you right there. You found okay. it there. Did, you find was this it? A setup? did I just get set up? Yes, you did. Where did you find it? On LinkedIn. Chris, you know where I'm about to go. Yeah. We we're not as, on LinkedIn. We're not on LinkedIn. We are barely on social media. If we're on Chris social is on LinkedIn. Chris I'm, is on LinkedIn. I'm LinkedIn Bradford is, is on LinkedIn. Uh, we like to go to, and I'm not, and I'm, and I'm excuse me, I'm, I hate to say it. But we're not on social media like we're supposed to be on social media. We're not you. Our community is not using it like we're supposed like we're supposed to. It, we're we're getting there. But you found that on on LinkedIn. It would be Chris and my job to say, "Hey, uh, Lenovo, look at what Howard's doing. We shouldn't have to do that, but that should be like Lenovo looking at. Hey, ooh, let me see what's going on at Howard. But we, me and Chris." have to push even harder to say, hey, ooh, Lenovo. And I'm not I'm not saying Lenovo. Lenovo, I'm sorry. <laughs> Lenovo. Lenovo, we would love a sponsorship, please. <laughs> oh, um, man, these companies, look at what this organization is doing. I need y'all to go check it out. Yeah. But you got to be on LinkedIn. So that's why we're even talking to our younger students now. Remember, Danielle, when we were in um, uh, um, Black, uh, Black Amercon? We're talking to those students at uh, in college, and I was just on in middle school, a middle school session talking about, hey, y'all need to get on LinkedIn right now. At seventh grade, yes, you yeah. do. Yeah. Start building your portfolio now, and it doesn't matter if it's not the best, but you need to start not worrying about you know the fights that are happening in the hallway and shooting that and shooting that and what you ate last night for dinner. It's about the content that you're building and what you want to grow in your community and what you want people outside of your community to see. The fact that, James, that you found that is awesome and great, but other people outside of your community and our community, we need to find that and share that out and say, hey, Howard is doing this awesome thing. We need sponsorship so that when people not not on the president's door and say, hey, what's going on over here? The president mm. is going to be confused and want to go and talk to Christopher. Hey, Christopher, mm. I have tons of people knocking down on my door asking me about this. What is this about? Obviously, this is important because I can't get phone calls to stop calling me. I can't get emails to stop. <clears throat> and the money, the money stuff, they're not even going to worry about it. They want that notoriety first. Yeah. They want mm. to come to their university first. But we got to start being in that digital space a lot more. It doesn't make an impact if James O'Hagan is finding that in LinkedIn. It makes a huge impact if Chris, me, James, Daniel, Carrie, all, all of us are saying this is what's going on here. This university wants that support. That's where the impact is going to happen. And, and to, to Brad's point, you know, uh, I'm not going to sit here and say that it's it's been no forward movement to to Carrie's right. point. Uh, it's it's uh, I don't really. This is my personal opinion. 
I really don't like all the HBCU leagues. I feel like we should just go out and compete, you know, whether it's an HBCU lead or not. Uh, but you have people in the space that are starting things that are that are doing great movements. I mean, you have all of the HBCU conferences involved in esports in some kind of capacity. Mm-hmm. But yeah. I think just from, you know, um, I, I kind of lost my point, but, you know, just, you know, the, the, the universities have to own their programs. You know, you have now you have, you know, five different HBCU leads going to sponsors saying, hey, we have X amount of schools when they right. really don't. They really don't have licensing deals with these colleges. They have students playing in those leagues. This sounds just are, like the high school esports space right yeah. now. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> that 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 are <laughs> that that are that are at these colleges. They don't have you know licensing contracts. So right. if Brad goes to to Sony and to PlayStation and says, "Hey, you know, I have twelve HBCUs," and I go and I say, "I have 20 and Danielle goes and I have five and we all pitching the same idea that we want to help diversity and inclusion within HBCU space. Now PlayStation is looking at us like, wait a minute, it can't lie. Something's something's wrong here. Mm. And so the schools are not really getting, you know, the help and funding that they need because all of these leads are coming up. And so each HBCU is going to have to own their program. Right. and make their own deals to benefit students. This is what it's all, it's all about benefiting the students and getting them career paths. And, you know, hopefully, you know, you have a 1% of kid that makes it to the main stage. Right. But I think the typical African-American family doesn't know, you know, a videographer in the space can make like $70,000. Yeah. Like that's a, that's a life changer, man. Like I mean, for, for somebody that's a part of our community to make that type of money or you know, make a six-figure job doing coding or something like that. Like yeah. anything STEM or STEAM, you know, and it even, just needs to be pushed. Like we plan on paying our students next semester fifteen to twenty-five dollars an hour, and that'll Ooh, be can their after-school job, right? Mm-hmm. That'll be their after-school job. Yeah. And that's I know our entire schedule for our school district, like high school and super early, because a lot of our kids work, um, mm-hmm. and to pay, you know, pay rent, help pay rent. And that $15, dollars $15, $25 an hour job is, that's a way to like contribute to your family and start saving like while you're sure. in high school. Sure. Yeah, I guess, I, cause I've noticed like there's definitely organizations popping up. You've got community, which has been really vocal and active. Um, mm-hmm. You've got the, was it the Black Collegiate Gaming Association? Um, I guess the question that I have, especially with the leagues that are popping up it, to me, like when people announce, like we've created a women's only league or having a women's only tournament, like I get where people are coming from, but it's still isolating. Like it's still not allowing that population to enter into the mainstream. And I wonder if you feel like it's very similar with HBCU only leagues. Like, you know, are we yeah. like we're creating a safe space, but we're still we're still putting a barrier between a barrier. like. Yeah. Like what James was saying earlier, it doesn't take a hundred million dollar facility to co- compete in esports. Yeah. And so when people get that, it's like I, I had a conversation with, with with Dr. G from Shenandoah the other day. I'm like, hey man, my my conference, the SWAT conference, has a partnership with NACE. So we compete with our conference, which is great. That's fine. But can my kids compete with the regular NACE affiliates as well? Like 
it shouldn't it shouldn't be a barrier there. If we're right. a part of Nace, you know, we can compete with the Shannon Doors and the Boises of the world and these big programs. And it's all about exposure. Like my my main thing is exposure leads to expansion. I'm trying to expand my kids. Like we can have a losing record. I don't care. Like, you know, I'm competitive, but you know, there's no way that we can compete with some of the like like a Boise and Overwatch. Yeah. They have scholarship dollars. They're recruiting. They're, they're doing, you know, the work. So on that side, we can't. But, you know, at least we get an opportunity to. Well, I, what I have to say, though, is, you know, people, as you said, you don't need the $100 million facilities. I mean, you started with a console. Yeah. And, and you had a kid win, like, the national, you know, 2K tournament or, what you know, rings sure. and everything. I mean, sure. and, and, and people think, like, Oh, Chris has got this amazing, you know, facility. No, your amazing facility in space was just built like a couple months ago. Yeah, a couple I months mean, ago during COVID. You know? Right. And, and you were and, doing all the cabling. You didn't hire somebody to come no. and do cabling. You, you, <laughs> yeah, you I were did crawling under work. tables and yeah. getting gross and sweaty and disgusting, you know, yeah. setting that up with yourself. You yeah. Know? Yeah. And, and, you know, I mean, I'm completely sold on the space. Like, you know, I consider all of y'all on this call friends, like, I'm in the space, and so I know what the impact is. And so, like, even even my Southern program, um, I shout out to uh, to Marco Edwards. This guy has been playing Madden since the age of twelve. He's the third ranked Madden player in collegiate. He won over mm-hmm. forty one hundred dollars last last semester in one semester. Mm-hmm. Like, you know, for him to say, "Hey, coach, I really don't have to get a summer job." But I'm gonna get one just to save money. But yeah. everything is taken care of. I'm not worried about anything. Like those are the stories that people don't hear. Right. You know, they look at the, the 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 achievements of me. You know, and that's something that I want to do better next year. Like coming into the fall is like pushing my student stories out there more because everybody sees the room, like James said, but they don't see the back end work and the and the work that the kids are putting in. It's all about the students. Well, and I think we have a very biased view of esports just in gaming in general like you put out a a call show your battle stations and everybody's got four monitor setups with you know stream decks and and led lighting and that's not where it's at and it shouldn't be where it's at in (laughs) the heart nothing well but it it shouldn't be like especially for the esports educator like Let's let's take yeah. it down a lot. Let's be let's be modest. Like, what do we need to have to get our kids on? Like, where are we making them where they at? Are, if we're spending all our money on fancy chairs, we're spending the money in the wrong place. Like, yeah. and I think we need to start putting kind of that emphasis on it. Is like, yeah, okay, great. This stuff is nice, but what really matters? Like, yeah, you can you can use. Uh, a fifteen dollar twenty dollar mouse. You can be running off of office chairs, like. What 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 matters? Do we have the rigs? Are the rigs good enough? They don't have to be flashing lights. They don't have to be you know, sure. top row line. Like, are yeah. we are we being realistic about what we're expecting? And I love, I love that like telling telling the story of what's happening. Like we had, yeah. we had um, Mexico Bulldogs. Uh, I'd reached out to them because they were having a ladies' night, and it it didn't go the way they planned. But they were like, well, do we still want to? publish this article. I'm like, yes, because people need to see the reality of what's happening in esports. Sure. And and we're not. We get to see these candy coated stories that are successes. We don't get to see the trial and errors. We don't get to see the struggles. We don't get to, to see like 
real genuine ways that gaming has really impacted our students. We get to see these very, I say, subverted versions of it. And I think, mm -hmm. you know, being able to share the, the real aspect of what is impacting yeah. our, our teams and our players, it's just so, it's just so important. Like, it, we need more and, of that. Yeah, it is important, you know, and, like, shout out to Danielle, what she's done with Tech Stuff. Like, you know, I think Danielle has the same sentiment that I have with my program. Like, I want to build something out that's you know, it's no cookie cutter blueprint, but I want to change the conversation. Like paying her students next year, that's unbelievable. Like if I had somebody to step up on my side of things and we have a we have a foundation at Southern. So if they went to the foundation to say, hey, we want to put X amount of dollars into the esports account, right? Then I can start scholarships. Like I need graphic designers. Like, yeah. you know, I'm not bragging, but I do all the graphic design work for my program. Like, <laughs> she's pointing, she's pointing. Like, you know, it's, it's it's like, you know, every social media post, every meeting, everything is organized by just me. And so mm. it should be student ran and and that's the way it should be. But the student the students need resources too. Like, yeah. you know, they're struggling too. Like, you know, they have to pay rent sometimes, they have to eat, you know, and, and some, sometimes, a lot of times, that's not taken care of. They're not on scholarship yeah. or anything like that. And so it's just it's just that type of support to, to change the conversation. Go ahead, James. Well, I, I you know I know that there's certain things on every campus, collegiate campus and high school campus, and even middle and elementary that drives some of the culture. Like you go to Texas, right, and it's football. Okay, yep. by and large, it's going to be football, right? Mm -hmm. Southern uh, HBCUs. I know the band programs band. on a lot of these schools kind of drive. They're, they're the they're the show. Like Southern versus Grambling, you know, the halftime show. Again, I was a band kid all through college. Yeah, no, for uh, sure. And I was kind of like, oh, I really wish I could have not gone to Purdue and marched instead in the floor in A&M band a or something good, like that. A good drum line is fantastic. Well, that's, oh, but that's what I'm saying. Like, like. You know, you wanna you wanna connect HBCUs and the esports. Get that drum line in for a competition. Yeah. Get that yeah. get that band coming. You know, there should be that excitement around it as well too to engage yeah. the university in ways that people just go stand up and go, oh, this is kind of a big deal. Yeah. You know, we, we we're finding there's all these little every campus every school has these little things that I think we can. Ex I, I hate the word exploit, but we'll say exploit exploit mm -hmm. to. Um, Further leverage, we, leverage okay. is the education word. <laughs> to if you want to hit it, it's leverage. To leverage what we want to do, and and we're we're talking about HBCUs as if they're a monolith. When really, as as Chris, what you were talking about, every campus, every school needs to attack this from their own yeah perspective. Yeah, own perspective, own culture. You know, and then you know, and not to not to keep pointing out the negatives. And I'm, I'm saying I'm saying that to Carrie because I, I know I've been being negative, but it's it's like for example, I'll give you a perfect example. I had I had a bunch of band kids that wanted to play esports, but they're in band practice all day every day. Yep. So mm -hmm. it's it's no, it's you know I'm on a band scholarship coach. I can't play the game like I want to. Now I'll be a part of the club, like I'll come to some of the club activities, but I can't really play like I want to. Yeah. And you, I'm talking about high level players, James. So mm -hmm. it's like it's a priority thing too, which I understand. I definitely mm -hmm. understand. But the the whole culture of gaming needs to be addressed within that community as well. 
and then we can start implementing those things on each campus. Yeah. And it's, it's, it's okay to be negative. <laughs> <laughs> I think we're trying not to order. make a joke about we're, it. Like, yeah. We're with a group of teachers. Like we're like, the they complain yeah, all day, like, right? We're being we're being respectfully. We're being respectfully critical, critical. with yeah. solutions. Yeah. Yeah. We're all we're all for that. Yeah, yeah that's what it's about. Is. We are we, being we, in this case. We are being. We are being respectful. Yeah, that so, one I will. That one I will. That one you'll own. You know, but yeah, you you mentioned some people that are doing some great things in the space, and they have some institutions like. Uh, uh, John C. Smith just announced they did a uh, scholarship with uh, the Hornets, the NBA 2K uh, mm -hmm. section of the Hornets. So to see stuff like that happen, you know, uh, and then like a lot of the deals in esports as far as HBCUs are done on the East Coast side mm -hmm. of things. So it just needs to spread over West a little bit. And, yeah, and, and, and just be, you know, a more balanced approach to it, I think. And I, and I think that's for high school and middle school as well. Like, you know, I, I just think that it needs to be a bigger playing field and we need to keep students first before we get the flashy lights and the chairs like cares. But you and have, Johnson again, you've got C. that. Smith University, I, I've read that their esports program is actually a revenue generator for their university. It probably is. I mean, they 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 were the first ones to. That was the first HBCU to adopt the esports program. Um, and you said like the college presidents are like, well, how's it how's it going to benefit us? You know, yeah, like, but see, revenue wise, it's kind of like what James was mentioning earlier. You have like an LSU that has esports, but then you have like uh, let's let's like like Moog over at OU or or, or Dr. High School at. At Boise, those are big enough schools to make an impact within that community, right? And Johnson C. Smith is a smaller university, a smaller HBCU, so it would have to take somebody like like a big stamp, like Howard or Southern, to do something on a massive scale for everybody to say, "Oh, wait a minute, mm -hmm. okay." And it, it starts to it starts to raise another eyebrows at that point. Well, and the thing again that I think you're doing that's unique to the space. And it's not just HBCUs, but I think in Scholastic in general, you're one of those few who is doing the middle, high, and collegiate. Yeah. yeah. You've, you've yeah. got the whole... Yeah. There, there's you're spread um, across the board. You, you've yeah. got... Now, again, you're one man. And, and again, if you were on yeah. the Esports EDU uh, Discord today, that was a whole conversation about collegiate and who's getting paid and who's not. Yes, Carrie, you missed... You, you, that's what you get, Carrie, for doing your job. No, I, I, went, I read back. Okay. But yeah, but, I know how dare but, I, I know. But that is but you have you have a unique perspective and a unique place in all of this to maybe make some dramatic changes that I think a lot of people would really struggle to do because again, everything feels so isolated at some schools. Sure. Whereas you have built up not just not and I'm not trying to to, to stroke your ego too much, but I'll keep going. No, um, no problem. But, but you you also have produced the 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 PR you have the you know the, the yeah. champions you've got the you've got the receipts sure you've got you're not just one person who's sitting back and saying well now I'm going to go speak on a panel and really haven't contributed anything to the space you're sure. you're as I tell people you are the biggest hustler in the scholastic space of anybody that I've ever seen 
I mean that in a good way, not in a bad way. I need a t-shirt. That yeah. says I'm the biggest hustler in esports. <laughs> well, get the esports. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> oh, Brad, did you see my shirt? <laughs> yeah, I need to go ahead and get mine. <laughs> but yeah, it's, yeah. You know, thanks for the compliments, James. Yeah, I mean, you know, I'm I'm that guy. You know, I can't say that I'm not a big poster on LinkedIn. I am. Um, you are. You're more than me. Yeah. So so I, I can't say that, but but. Personally, I'm that guy that I'm not going to go in the room and say, hey, this is my idea. This is my, you know, this is my pitch. I want to say, hey, this is in place. This is in place. That is in place. Now, this is what I need to finish. And that that was that was what you got carry on 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 Twitter the other, the other week or so. You know, I'm just sitting there and, and you know, really fatigued, uh, frustrated at the space. Uh, that portion of the space, rather, yeah. and mm-hmm. and I'm like, man, let me let me just get this off my chest and let me pose this question. And I didn't I didn't realize it was going to get that much feedback, mm-hmm. uh, but it was interesting to see people's points on certain things. And I was I was glad that people saw it because I I find that sometimes when I have those moments where it's like this is eating me, I need to get it out there. Oftentimes, yeah. the community doesn't want to look at it. You know, yeah, yeah, and, or they're, it's, they're it's not like, overlooking. Yep, and that's why I was like, okay, we need to get this scheduled because we we need to talk about it. Like it's here, You're, multiple people are thinking about this. We're, we're going to talk about it. Like it's it's important. Yeah, it definitely is. You know, it's it's uh, and and it's mm-hmm. just like back to the skill set gap. You know, like my students are more console council players, so they don't know how to use a mouse and keyboard. Yeah. So just think about that gap. If you yeah. if you power them up on Valorant or something, it's like, Coach, wait a minute, no, like this is not a control game. I can't, you know, it's just, it's a it's a barrier. Yeah, I, I got I know. The funny thing was, I got there too with my my two teachers. We started out at consoles, but then they said, Bradford, no, wait, stop. They need to be on PCs. They're strong on Valorant. They're, they want to do this. Yeah. They want to do that. And I thought we were going to be console driven, and they said no. We, we must be in the PC space. They need to be in the PC space. We want to do both, but um, they did recognize, at least in our district, we recognize that the console part is going to be rather difficult. It can be done, but we want to see our kids in the in the PC space. And the one of the things that I wanted to add, too, with Chris is that, I don't know if people even notice, but he does show the work. Like, a lot of people, one of the things that my I said my former executive director, because she is no longer in my district anymore. But um, what she likes with people is that you got to talk the talk and walk the walk. And Mm -hmm. that's what Christopher does. Like he's posting like, here's how I'm building this. Here's how I'm creating this. And there are most people in our space and in other content spaces too that will show the end product, but never show the They never show that here's where I messed up. They just want to highlight, mm-hmm. like, mm-hmm. here's the end product. But then when you want to partner up with them or say, hey, well, how'd you do this? They never want to respond back. They want to they hold on and not yeah. really share. Or just, they just don't, don't want to respond. But the fact that Chris goes through that, here, here's my layout. Here's this. Here's that. Here's what I have to do next. Damn. Here's where I hit the roadblock. I'm struggling. Yeah. Help. And the fact that you put that out there on Twitter, 
that's where people need to listen. And I wish, not even just in esports EDU, I'm challenging all content. People in general. SEL, math, EL, all that content. I need for all of our directors to say, you know what? Dan, I'm really struggling with my kids learning how to read. I'm really struggling with my kids learning how to learn this math concept. Hell, like that's where CRISPR is at. Like I've been so successful in this part, but here's my roadblock right here. Yeah. So I can be successful. Mm. That's what I appreciate about this. No, so, thank you, Brands. It's, I mean, for me, it's 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 all about being transparent, and you know, I can't go out here and keep asking for for partnerships and sponsorships, and even like alumni to give and not be that transparent. You know, you want to people make what? people feel like. Wait a second, time out. Yeah, you know? <laughs> you're saying that if you're gonna ask people for things that you have to be transparent about what you're really doing, that, okay. That's that's, just, that's, it's a venture capitalist, apparently. Oh, right. Yeah. It's a venture capitalist. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, that's just the integrity in me, James. You know? Uh, it, I swear, it is, the, it is going to be the downfall of everything that we do. It will be. The downfall of everything, as Bradford, you were kind of alluding to, there's always these, you know, you go, you, everybody's, come on. You've all been to these ed tech conferences. You've all sat there. Everybody tells you about how they do it. And they've got 100% this, and they've got 100% that, and they've got full parent whatever, and they've got all these kids reading at grade level, blah, blah, blah. And then you peel back the layers, and you find it's a little segment of something, or it's a little bit of this. There's, we in this space need to be fully transparent, yeah. fully honest, because guess what? People are already looking at a side-eye because it's video games. We yep. have to be above board on everything. And that doesn't just go for when we tell our story. That's when we talk to each other. Yeah. That's, that's, that is why, yes, I may, look, some people seem to think, again, I'm a vocal minority. I don't think I am. I don't think I'm a vocal. <laughs> I think I'm more the vocal of the majority that just chooses to be non-vocal, and that's fine. But there are, there, this is going to only work if we are transparent and honest and open with each other and supportive of each other in really honest ways, not fluffing our numbers, not BSing about, you know, how funding happens or whatever, you know, we have to be real. And, and it's only, this is only going to work if we are. Well, get off. No, sorry, I'm, t I'm playing the part of Bradford tonight. I I'll get off my soapbox now. <laughs> I don't know, you're that, that is your soapbox. No, and, and we need to be comfortable being wrong. And we need to be comfortable brave being and vulnerable because yep. yeah because we're we all we all screw up like it uh, we all screw up and Running sharing a tournament is hard yeah well doing everything <sighs> like adulting is hard you know like, i love um, chris like whoo yes man. running a tournament is hard yeah i had a, it, I had a call with the university kids like i have a call every monday uh even now even in the summer and we're planning and like Coach, can we do eight tournaments a, a month? I'm like, no. <laughs> You're like, no. No, you can't. <laughs> what about four in a semester? Eight a month? Did you say no. eight I'm like, no. <laughs> like, you, you're trying to kill me early. Yeah, yeah, right? Like, Saturday, that's like the weekend, Saturday and Sunday. Are you serious? <laughs> Are they going to class? Yeah, <laughs> they're going to class. They're enterprising. Um. Yeah. <laughs> You let me know how successful they are and, and have them come over to Texas. 
where the real numbers are. <laughs> they could start the whole Louisiana State League at that point. Yeah. Yeah. They want eight tournaments a month. I mean, if that's what they want. Come over here. <laughs> yeah. So I don't. I'll give a job yeah. up in Wisconsin. They don't even have to leave the state. And oh, that's I the thing. Do, I, like, I have to do a shameless plug, though. Not Joke. shameless. Just plug. Just yeah. plug. Just plug. And I, I'm sorry, Danielle. I'm about to mention. Well, I'm just gonna say it. So yeah. J- James, James, and I, we we met what two years ago? Right? Well, yeah. no, three. Yeah. Like three years ago, uh, he was really impressed with my take on 2K. And culturally, Brad, 2K is African American game. Like it's that's that's what we play. So I'm uh, partner with High School Esports League, and uh, I'm I'm going to be the general manager for the first high school 2K pro am league. Awesome. This summer is completely free. Nice. Uh, awesome. You're gonna have you're gonna have yeah you're gonna have drills uh, by professionals by X2K, NBA 2K players, or Pro-Am players. Uh, you're going to have Q&A with some of the coaches uh, and players. Can I sign up? You can sign up, James. I need to I, I know. <laughs> that sounds but, awesome. But but for, for people that don't know, the Pro-Am style of, of 2K is 5v5. Okay. And so hopefully hopefully this works out and we'll continue in the fall and then we'll have schools to sign up. and. It, it brings a more team aspect than just playing that game one v one. Right, right. Yeah. How are you guys? How does it work with the cross play? Because one, that's one of the things with schools that we have an issue with is like we can't tell yeah. people to commit one way or the other. I know. If you so, know anybody at PlayStation or Xbox, I have a whole idea like Pepsi Coke split. How we can yeah, work this for real. out. But yeah. like, so how so are you guys so, that? so the way the way that I build it is just going to be a, a Xbox division and a PlayStation division. Okay. And we're doing all current gen. We're not worried about next gen right now. Got it. You know? so, cool. So we yeah. are quickly we are quickly approaching five thirty, um, <laughs> but we really we, we really commonly get right to that end and or pushover. Does anybody have any final thoughts? Which doesn't have to be on topic, but any any last parting words that you have for the esports CDU community for tonight? Brave and vulnerable. That's mine. Yeah. Be brave. Be vulnerable. Tell the truth. Be transparent. Now's the time. Now's the time. Sure. Yeah, and um, yeah, uh, you know, I just want to call out all these industry people that preach diversity and inclusion. Like, where where are you? Why were you not on my comments? They're, they're making be, they're making their logos rainbow. Chris, what are you talking about? <laughs> it's June. <laughs> just for the month. Yeah, June, well, of the, course. The the riot one was the one that got me the most. Yeah. Like, <laughs> all right, right, whatever. Oh man. Anybody else? Um, I was on, I, I mean, I love our podcast, but I'm on, uh, like, I got interviewed by a real journalist, which is super exciting for me. So, uh, <laughs> Lewis Johnson's All In East, All In with Esports podcast. Like, keep, keep, uh, subscribing, you know, hit send, the notification bell. So that way you know when, when, when you send me a link when it, when it comes out. Yes. Yeah. When is, um, when is, when is the post date, Daniel? I have no idea. We no we idea. we filmed, so we recorded it this afternoon. I am just beyond thrilled. Like such a such a journalism. It's awesome. But I love it. For for me, mine is like 
don't forget K-12 ESN is out there. I know we're small. I know we're still getting going, but my whole hope is that I can amplify everybody's voices. And that means a diverse group of voices within the esports EDU community. So if you have press releases, send them to me. If you want to write an article, send it to me. If you've got students and you want them to get practice as journalists and see if they can get published, send, have, like, have them submit stuff to me. Like, my, our, our goal, I mean, we're, we're liminal. Our goal is diversity and inclusion up the wazoo. Um, we want to get... <laughs> is that your mission? Well, it should no, be. No, not technically. But, but we liminal are... Esports, we are diversity up the wazoo. Well, you know, somebody clip that. Out, somebody clip should... that and send that to Grace, please. <laughs> I love it. But like, I know we want to be your contacts. Who you do don't you see Grace with your contacts? That's <laughs> my my watch picked it up. <laughs> You're just like I can't do that. Uh, I can, you know. I, I, I live in an office with them all week long. Um, but seriously, like we we want that to be a, a place where we can be highlighting everything that people are doing. You know, we're talking about the work. Show show us. We we'd be happy to help get that that out there. I'm I'm known for saying weird things. Grace would not be shocked. <laughs> <laughs> we can say I'm calling out my watch. <laughs> Oh, well, thank you everybody for joining us. Uh, we're here pretty much every Thursday. I, we're not taking a summer break. So if you want to talk esports EDU through the whole summer, uh, plan to get resources and just hear what other people are talking about, you know where to find us. We will see you guys next week. E3 is next week, I think, right? It's this yeah. week. It's this it week. Is, it is it's this week. Yep. Sunday Sunday's the big day. Yep. Yeah. I got a media pass, guys. James, you should... James, you should fill out for a media pen. Uh, All y'all, like, and just run this the whole time. That, not a well, I was going to propose that, but I'd, I I'd have to make letterhead. You have to have letterhead for your organization and a business. Oh, card come on, that takes two no, seconds. K twelve esports got... network. How is that not already done? Yeah, Carrie, because you're literally the media. You are the media. You don't need you don't need <laughs> letterhead. All you have to do is send them the link. I didn't submit letterhead. Oh, what I pulled up, you had to submit a letterhead. No, it was you just a link. link? Just I thought link. it was like three things. It was like no. the letterhead, the link. Okay, then I'm putting I'm, in my I'm link. I'm pushing it's, the end broadcast button. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Wow. Wow. 